Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. Today's episode is the 40th episode of this podcast, and even though that doesn't sound like a crazy big number, it really is to me because I never thought that when I started, I'd get to 40 podcast episodes. So 40 itself is not that crazy of a number, but maybe we'll do something special for the 50th episode of this podcast. But anyway, I hope you're all doing well as always. The holiday season is already well underway, and for a lot of you, I'm sure winter break is creeping up as it is for me as well. I'm like literally a week away from finishing this semester, and I'm really pushing myself to do my best work until then because, you know, gotta make the most of this time that we have in school, even though we dread it sometimes. Guys, I can't express to you how badly I've been wanting to set aside my work for finals this week and just record this podcast for y'all, but ultimately I let myself finish my work and then, you know, now I'm recording this podcast because I could not procrastinate on my finals any longer. It's crazy how excited and enthusiastic I get about recording these podcast episodes. I feel like I don't get that passionate feeling from anything else these days other than just like recording these podcasts, so... Yeah, but anyway, a lot to cover in this episode, some updates, some fun stuff, and then we have the meat of our episode, which as you guys can tell by the title, I'll be talking about some cool fashion jobs you all probably didn't know existed. Starting off, as always, is my life update for you all. Nothing that exciting has been going on with me lately. In fact, my life's been the opposite of exciting. I've been going through, you know, finals, 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 and it's just a lot because I'm taking so many classes and each one requires their own in-depth project. So there's a lot of research and tedious work, you know, involved in each and every one of these projects. So it's taking a pretty big toll on me, I'm not going to lie. I am getting through it though, and I'm just excited for the day I can finally go on break and I can just chill out at home and focus on what I want to do, which includes making more podcast episodes for you all. I did want to share something that was really the highlight of my last few weeks. So lately, I've just been getting, you know, and feeling super connected to all of you, my podcast listeners, and it's been on like another level. I always explain this to you all, but I never expected when I started this in the very beginning that I would build the community that this podcast has become. And anyway, where I'm going with all of this is earlier last week, I was overwhelmed with really amazing messages from some of you who listen to this podcast. You know who you are, but I won't be naming anyone's names because I want to respect the privacy of others. But anyway, I don't know why specifically last week, it was like so much love from people I've never met before who I just openly had conversations with and it really meant everything to me. One of my listeners actually reached out to me through email and wanted to jump on a quick call to just talk with me and I was so touched by that and just having a conversation with someone who listens to these podcasts on a weekly basis is like so crazy to me. She was so sweet and now we're just corresponding through email on a regular basis. I know I always mention this in like literally every episode, but when I say that I'm open to talk through email or DMs or whatever method, I actually mean it. I know sometimes people can say, oh, you can totally DM me, and then when you do, they don't respond, which I hate, by the way. But guys, I swear I will respond to everyone and anyone who reaches out to me. I'm always open to talk about anything you guys want outside of my podcast, so it doesn't just have to do with fashion or internships. So yeah, literally don't be afraid to reach out because I'd love nothing more than to talk with all of my amazing listeners. And actually, I had an idea that I wanted to run by you all. I mean, obviously, I'm not directly talking to you guys, so I won't get a straightforward answer. 
But I've been wanting to make this podcast community more accessible in terms of meeting people and making connections to each other, especially since making connections is something I really value for myself. So I wanted to make that a lot easier for you all to go do that with each other by possibly starting a Life of a Fashion Student podcast Facebook group where we can all meet each other and talk to each other on there. Um, I can post some fun icebreakers and networking events on there and it'll just be a really good time. If you have any other suggestions for what platform to use because maybe you don't like Facebook or even have one, let me know and I'll definitely look into it to see what the options are. But yeah, I think this will just be something that's super exciting and it'll be good to have somewhere for all of us to meet because this podcast is growing in more ways than one. Also, on a random note, I actually had my class registration for the spring semester and I got into some really cool classes that I want to tell you guys all about, but maybe we'll have to fit it into another episode or else this one is just going to be way too long. So definitely, if you're interested in hearing about my class schedule and what it's going to look like in, you know, my second semester as a junior at Parsons, stay tuned because I'm taking some really unique classes that I want to share more about. But finally, we are going to get into the main part of the episode, which is talking to you all about fashion jobs, which you probably didn't even know existed. In every industry, I feel like there are always jobs out there that people don't know of because there's just way too many freaking jobs out there. There are also a lot of jobs being made constantly because there are just so many specializations out there, not just in fashion, you know, other industries as well. Don't entirely quote me on this, but I remember listening to Ava Chen, the director of fashion partnerships on Instagram. She was speaking on a podcast a while back and she was talking about how Instagram pretty much entirely made that role just for her. So that role didn't exist before her and Instagram wanted to invent a role that was perfect for Eva and that fit her capabilities and what she could do. So from hearing that, it just shows that there will never be a limit to how many jobs there are out there and that are offered because of the fact that There are a lot of jobs being made especially for specific people to fill. I hope one day I can say that I'm working in a job made only for me, but you know, we'll see. Along with mentioning these super cool and unique fashion jobs, I also wanted to provide you guys with more insight on how much these specific jobs make because I always find it interesting to hear about salaries. And it's not to say it's always about money, but I think it's an important statistic to look at, so I will be providing that information with you all as well. To start off the list, though, of some specific fashion jobs that you may not know about, we're going to start off with something light and not too crazy, which is a trend forecaster. Like I said, nothing too crazy. You've probably heard of trend forecasting as, you know, a type of subject matter, but you probably haven't thought of it as a full-on fashion job, which it is, and I, I didn't know that, honestly. So, I've taken electives for trend forecasting at Parsons, and yeah, it's all interesting, but imagining it as a whole career choice is like a different story. So, how a lot of people online are describing trend forecasting is very similar to, you know, weather forecasting. Trend forecasters are responsible for identifying new trends and predicting how those trends will shape the future of the fashion industry. So, if you think about it, trend forecasters really do have important jobs in the industry because, They're essentially making future decisions about the trends that we're going to see on the runway and how it's going to trickle down into, you know, the streets and stuff. According to what I read online, trend forecasters are usually based at a trend forecasting agency, like, for example, WGSN, which, if you're not familiar with, it's probably one of the most well-known trend forecasting companies in fashion. I think what's most interesting about the job of a trend forecaster is that their job involves being creative, 
but also being analytical. Because if you think about it, trend forecasting is not just about looking at what's out there and then predicting what's going to come next. It's about using data analysis to uncover consumer patterns and then synthesizing those patterns into reports, which you have to present. And that sounds like a lot of work if you ask me. As I've mentioned, I've taken a trend forecasting class before in the past, so I was able to get a really hands-on experience of what goes on in this career path. But also, you know, as a designer, we need to internally be trend forecasters ourselves as well because it's important and informs what we design. And before I go ahead and give you all information about the predicted salary that a trend forecaster makes, I just wanted to disclaim that I, you know, looked up these data points on Google, so obviously they could be different for every person and also depending on what trend forecasting agency you're working with, but I just found it helpful to talk about job salaries as a lot of people always have questions as to how much people in the fashion industry make. Interestingly enough, as I was doing more research about their salaries, I read online that trend forecaster salaries are among the highest in the industry, even for beginners. They earn around 50000 on the low end and 100000 on the higher end. And not to mention that their salaries can get even higher if they work for an independent firm. So yeah, those numbers are pretty crazy and they're not necessarily low, so I just thought it'd be pretty cool to mention that. Maybe I'll try to get more into trend forecasting, I don't know. So next, I have for you all something a little bit more out there, and that's the job of a fashion runway choreographer. I'm probably going to be saying this after every job that I mention, but yes, yes, this is a real job that people have. Honestly, it was hard to find a standard list of what a runway choreographer does because they're all very different in their exact responsibilities, but the gist of what they do is to teach the models how to walk along with the music that is being played for a fashion show or an event. And they teach the models to walk in a way that doesn't distract the audiences from the clothes or accessories that are being displayed, which is very important in itself. I'm not a runway model by any means, but when you see models walking on the runway in big designer shows, it's really more complicated than it looks. And I'm only saying this because I've experienced a runway choreographer's work firsthand as I was helping out during New York Fashion Week shows and going backstage. On a more detailed note, runway choreographers are in charge of customizing the model's gestures, facial expressions, and if there are any, dance moves. I haven't even gotten to the best part, guys. You better hold on to your seats because runway choreographers make up to 70000 um, a year, according to InsideJobs.com. That sounds like a pretty fun job to me, and if you're making seventy k a year for doing that, like, sign me up, please. Anyway, next on our list is Fabric Librarian. I was thoroughly shocked about this one because, in a way, it doesn't seem like it would be a full-time job that anyone would have, but it actually is. So if you're wondering what a fabric librarian does, it's exactly what it sounds like. Fabric librarians' responsibilities include keeping data on what fabrics have been used by certain manufacturers and designers, knowing information about fibers, and organizing and sending out samples. So it's actually a lot of responsibilities that are, you know, involved in this one role. Surprisingly, and something I didn't know, is that this job is actually quite popular for those who are just starting out in fashion. And by taking on the job of a fabric librarian, you're able to gain more knowledge about fabrics and make great connections to manufacturers, designers, and fashion houses. So maybe this will make some of you consider a job like this. But I think I should mention that normally a degree in fashion or textiles is required for a job like this, which does make sense because you can't just have no experience and work with big fashion houses to organize their fabrics, you know? 
Don't ask me how I found this online, but I did discover that fabric librarians earn anywhere from 30000 to 60000 or more per year. So, you know, not bad, not bad. I think if you're super passionate about fabrics and textiles, then this would definitely be a dream job for those people. But, you know, I myself am not that interested in fabrics. I mean, I do love learning about fabrics and textile innovations like in the industry, but having to know about all the fabrics and stuff is just not my cup of tea. Knowledge of fabrics and fibers is definitely necessary in the industry though, so it's not bad knowledge to have at all. I find that if you know more about fabrics and their properties, then you're able to talk more intelligently to fashion people in the industry. That's just my two cents, but it's kind of like if you know more about medical terms and medical jargon, you're going to be able to speak more intelligently to people in the medical field, so that's kind of what I'm going for. So I have a lot more jobs in store for y'all because there were just so many interesting ones out there, but next we have a runway soundtrack composer. I'm starting to see a theme here about a lot of jobs being made specifically for the runway productions, and we have, you know, like one or two more coming up, so that's pretty crazy to me and it kind of puts things into perspective. I'm very fortunate enough to have able to actually attend you know, runway shows, but even if you haven't and have just watched them online, I'm sure you can agree to how amazing these productions are themselves. Some of them are really spectacular and a lot of people in the industry look forward to them each season. Although, you know, the necessity of runway shows is on, you know, a whole nother conversation within themselves right now regarding sustainability and all of that, but yeah, we can talk about that in another episode, you know, regarding New York Fashion Week and sustainability. But getting back to what a runway soundtrack composer does... The best way to describe and picture what a runway composer does is that they are essentially DJs. They are responsible for creating and putting together the music that plays as models strut down the catwalk, and they assist in the creative processes of telling a brand's story. Music is especially important when it comes to a runway show. I think it's one of the most important elements because music can really tell a story and it can dramatically change the mood of a show. Since runway soundtrack composers work really close with the designers, they end up creating long-standing relationships with the designers and fashion houses. A very notable example is someone named Mikkel Gobert. I hope I said his name right, sorry if I didn't, but he has worked with Chanel since the 1990s. And also, Javier Perel is one of Jason Wu's go-to composers. So if you're really into music and have a good ear of putting beats together, then this might be the job for you. A lot of friends tell me I have bad music taste, which honestly is okay because I just listen to what makes me happy, but I just would not be that great at this job because I don't know about a lot of music that's out there. I kind of listen to the top hits, but yeah. For our next job, we have a fashion sustainability officer or sustainability expert. This job, as you all can imagine, has become increasingly needed in our industry and a lot of big brands and companies have taken the liberty of hiring someone specifically on the sustainability end of things. And that doesn't mean that everyone else on the team will not have to worry about sustainability at all, but the reason why there is an increasing number of sustainability officers being hired is because businesses want to have someone to monitor the impact that they're making from design production to delivery. I think this job is so important and honestly would have been overlooked like 10 to 20 years ago in the industry, but now it's being increasingly, you know, people are filling these positions. To take things further, in bigger companies, there are what people call chief sustainability officer. To take things a little further, in bigger companies, 
there are what people call chief sustainability officers or CSOs, and they play a big role in innovating a company's practices to be able to successfully marry sustainability with profit. This sounds like a job that I would totally love to do one day in the future, and obviously the end goal in the industry is not to just have one person who is in charge of the sustainability efforts, but to have every part of the business integrated into sustainability. But for now, we have the CSOs to be inspirational leaders whose sole jobs are to take care of a business sustainability goals. Well, I think I said the word sustainability way too many times in those last few sentences, but you know, you, you can never have too much sustainability. So anyway, CSOs can make up to $100,000 to $190,000 a year, which is pretty insane. And being a CSO is definitely a hard and intensive job, so it's really no surprise that they make more money in the industry. We are nearing the end of our little list of unusual fashion jobs, but next we have a personal shopper. And honestly, I think a lot of people know about this job, like it's not a big secret or a job that's that unusual, but I still wanted to include it because I just think it's a cool gig to get. Basically, if you're not familiar with what a personal shopper does, their responsibilities include providing advice, guidance, and buying services to customers. A lot of what you do as a personal shopper is communicate with clients to determine what they're looking for, so your verbal communication skills need to be on point, but also you have to have a good sense of a lot of different brands and know what's on the market and all that jazz. A personal shopping job has always sounded super enticing to me because it just sounds pretty fun, like your job is to shop, um, you know, and recommend stuff for people to buy, like how cool is that? I would so spend my life doing that, but the only downside may be the salary because a personal shopper makes around 19000 to 43000 a year, which is not that significant, but you know, money's money. The next job that we're going to talk about is a runway technician. So remember when I said I'd be mentioning a lot of jobs that had to do with the runway? Yeah, this is another one of them. A runway technician involves a lot more hands-on knowledge than some of the other jobs that I mentioned before, and... That's because runway technicians have responsibilities like handling a camera, a video camera, lighting, music, and etc. It's, it's also a job that is very high in demand because it's a job that requires skills that are not as common in the industry. So, of course, that comes with a high salary as well. A runway technician makes a whopping $117,000 to $126,000 a year. So if you're interested in the fashion world and the technology world, then a runway technician just might be the job for you. I really love fashion jobs that combine other disciplines because I just think it's something different and quite unique. A lot of what I'm doing in my semester at Parsons now is trying to combine science and fashion. So this job as a runway technician interests me really, you know, a lot. And although I don't know much about engineering or technology, so this just might not be the specific role for me, but I'm kind of interested in like what goes on. And last but certainly not least, we're ending things off with a bang and that's with a fashion psychologist. Just like the last job, the job of a fashion psychologist integrates the fashion world with the scientific and technological world, and you know I love that. Fashion psychology itself is defined as the study and treatment of how color, image, style, and beauty affects human behavior, while addressing cultural norms and cultural sensitivities. But the job of a fashion psychologist, from what I'm reading, really varies in what their responsibilities are. I actually read more into the job of a fashion psychologist and I found this interview on whowhatwhere.com between fashion icon Alexa Chung and a renowned British psychologist and scientist with a PhD in cognitive neuroscience, Dr. Carolyn Mayer. 
Reading this provided so much more insight into what the day-to-day of a fashion psychologist looks like, and it was super interesting to read into. One part of the interview, Carolyn was being asked about what her typical day-to-day looked like, and she was just explaining the different stuff that she has to do. She mentioned responsibilities like helping young people overcome body image issues or with their self-esteem through the vehicle of fashion, and honestly, I was kind of surprised because that's not at all what I thought a fashion psychologist's job was, but it was interesting to learn about. And I think another surprising part of the interview was the fact that Carolyn mentioned that she started out in the industry as a designer. She also mentioned delving into visual merchandising and graphic design before, too, so that just goes to show you, you know, how you really just have to try everything in the industry you want to work in because you just don't know what you're going to end up doing in the future. Like, I could be really into fashion design at this point in my life and think that it's my the future that I'm going to be in, but I could end up as a fashion psychologist, you know? I just thought that was pretty cool to hear from someone who is well-established in the industry with a more unconventional job. I honestly couldn't find definitive data for how much a fashion psychologist makes because there wasn't too much concrete data on the job, but to give you all a little range, fashion psychologists make around $51,000 to $93,000 a year. But yeah, that is all the jobs that I have to share with you guys today. I really did love how this episode ended up, if I do say so myself. I'm so down to do a two-parter if you guys are interested in hearing about, you know, more jobs because I'm sure there are plenty of other crazy fashion jobs out there. But as always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would love to hear them. Anyway, love you all always and see you on the next episode of the Life of Fashion Student podcast.